Amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Will you remain standing this morning for scripture and prayer today? your attention to Philippians chapter 1, Amen. verse 9 through 11. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in the knowledge and in the all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ being filled with all the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto glory and praise of God. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It helps us and guides us and strengthens us day by day. But also, Lord, we thank you for the avenue of prayer that will give us knowledge and understanding of your word when we read it and pray and ask God to give us directions as an individual, as a church, as a nation. And we pray here this morning, Lord, that you would bless this congregation, bless the pastor, and it would prosper and grow, and God would pour out his mighty spirit, and the knowledge of the Lord would increase around us, and we would become better soldiers and to the cross of Jesus Christ, and Lord, that we would commit ourselves to winning the loss to Christ at any cost. And Lord, that you would bless us and help us and pour out your spirit. You would bless the songs that we sing, the word that will be preached today. God would anoint it with his mighty hand of mercy and grace. And Lord, there would be great outpouring of your spirit to strengthen us, Lord, to fight the battle that we need to fight to love the Lord and to love one another and hold one another up before God. And we'll thank you and praise you and honor you, Lord, for that that you do. For it's in the name of the Lord we pray and believe and ask God for his mighty spirit today to be here with us and bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go back into worship this morning. May we come to praise the Lord today.
Well, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Gotta make the heaven somehow. Over there to me and try to turn me around. Well, now he's on the living thing that's got a name all the wealth I want. Well, if I ain't living, it's still a wind that ain't nothing for my journey now. Well, you know I started out traveling. Yeah. 
praise your name, Lord.
our God. Let's sing it again. We sing, oh, how great is our God. How great thou art, and how great thou art. How great thou art. Oh, can you give the Lord the greatest hand? clap of praise in the house today. Are you thankful to the Lord today? Lord, we welcome you in this place. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Before we get there, let me make a couple announcements. Kids are in children's church, so parents, if you have kids, please take them home with you when you go. Please take them with you. All those joining online, welcome to church. You can always download our church app down and uh, search Santee Circle COG. As always, you can follow us, SanteeCircleCOG.org. If you like any of the services, you can subscribe to our Apple or Google podcast at Santee Circle COG. As always, there's multiple ways to give. Starting next Sunday morning, next Sunday morning, we will have concentrated offering times again in church where we will have the opportunity for you to give not only in boxes, but also physically into the house of the Lord. But for today, we still are collecting them in the boxes today as well. For all our online streamers, welcome. Can we give all of our online viewers today a big Santee Circle welcome to church today? We also are going to be collecting monies over the next couple of weeks uh, for the Church of God Home for Children uh, each a uh, year they have a drive called the Harvest Festival Drive that they do every year. And the purpose of the Harvest Festival is to help them to stock up their supplies that they need for the rest of the year to take care of all of the the orphans there that uh, are a part of it. The Bible says that pure religion undefiled before God is to take care of the widows and orphans. And I am proud to say that I'm a part of a denomination. Now, I'm not knocking any other denomination, so don't take it that way. But I am proud to say that our denomination, the Church of God, has been so good at following that mandate there's a church of god home for children in the smoky mountain regions but on our own state here in south carolina that we take in children that nobody else wants and we show them the love of jesus and we raise them up in the fear and the admonition of the lord and let them become be productive men and women in society so i believe in that mission i believe in that because that's what the bible says our particular region, they are wanting uh, toiletry items and things like that. But more than that, they have connections with uh, different companies and bigger corporations that will let them buy it in bulk. So a lot of times they ask for churches instead of maybe bringing a, you know, 500 pounds of toilet paper and paper towels to bring money or to take up love offerings and send it to the uh, offices there in uh, Malden, South Carolina, because they can get more product than we can get that just at a local Walmart or at a local BJ's or Sam's. They get certain perks for being uh, state-funded and other things. They get different uh, little program incentives, so they can get more than we could get in theory. But uh, 
they never discourage people giving physically, uh, you know, uh, the items listed. But but I believe that we can uh, we can help that. And so the next couple Sundays after service, every time service ends, like we did for the missions for um, the tornado victims in Kentucky, for the next uh, couple weeks, all the way through into February, there'll be someone standing at the back door with offering bags. Uh, those uh, they're they're kind of burgundy looking offering bags we always have. If you can give a dollar each week, or you can give five dollars, or you can give twenty dollars one time gift, a hundred dollar one time gift, whatever. Trust me, your gift is not going to you're not going to lose. I can promise you. You can never outgive God. You might give him a twenty dollar bill and think, well, I'll never see the toiletries and I'll never see what happens. But you might get a pay raise. You might find $20 in a Walmart parking lot. Or God might just let somebody buy your dinner this afternoon at, at the restaurant. God will always give back. He says if you give, it will be given back unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and even running over. That's why I believe in tithes and offerings. You can't outgive God. If you, don't, if you currently do not give, whether online, in-house, and tithes and offerings, this, is not, this has nothing to do with the message. But let me just tell you that I dare you for the next 21 days to try it with us on this prayer try it just just try it and if you're if you bounce a check if you bounce money in the bank now i'm not talking about giving god leftovers now i'm not talking about well i only got five dollars to make the rest of the week so i better only give him a dollar no no no. the bible says you give god your first fruits not the leftover fruit nobody wants bananas that are rotten they want them fresh off the vine so off the tree so the point to be made is i don't believe you ever out give god i just don't believe it i believe if you test god god will come back and prove to you he proved you wrong You'll figure out that your budget lines up better. And you, right now you say, Pastor, I'm on a strict budget. I guarantee if you start giving to God, your budget still will match up somehow. Guarantee it. Not because I'm, I'm some, you know, name it, claim it, and prosperity preacher, but I've never seen the Bible said, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He never sees the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg for bread. You give to God, God's going to give back to you. He'll take care of you, I promise you, with that. And so we want to give to those who don't have that opportunity with our uh, orphans there and uh, Church of God children at the home for children. Today we began a journey for 21 days of fasting and praying. And as we discuss here in just a few minutes, fasting is not for you to lose weight physically. This is not some kind of Atkins diet or some OMAD, only one meal a day type diet. We're, we're, we're not putting you on a diet for 21 days. We're actually putting you on a spiritual regiment so you hear from God for 21 days. And these, there's prayer guides and resources in the vestibule and for your area out back. You can also find them at SantiCircleCOG.org. That being said, every Monday night during this time of prayer and fasting, 21 days is three weeks. So there are three Mondays in this, January 10th, 17th, and 24th from 7 to 8 p.m. Unless God moves and just completely just shakes up the foundation of the place and if he does that I'm all about waiting with the Lord but if he just allows us to just spend an hour with him we'll get you out here at 8 o'clock on the dot but now I'm just gonna forewarn you I put it on our sheets a lot for the band up here there's always a fine item a fine line at the bottom that says this uh, or, or set order or this order of service is set to be under the direction and change of the Holy Spirit don't come tomorrow night at 7 p.m. and if the Holy Spirit moves and God moves this place and and we don't get out till 8.30, come back to me on Wednesday night and be like, well, Pastor, you said we'd be out at 8 o'clock. I'm not going to tell God he's got to be done by 8. 
Now, if you need to leave by 8, God bless you. See you on Wednesday night or see you next Sunday. But if God's still here, I'm going to stay till he decides to leave because there's something to be said about waiting and tarrying on the Lord. That's why we're Pentecostal because some folks waited and tarried with the Lord in an upper room experience. So we're going to spend some time with the Lord. If you can't join us in-house, no worries. We're going to stream it for you online as well. You just like you would to watch a Sunday service or a Wednesday service. You go to Santee Circle COG on Facebook or YouTube. Service will be there. We'll sing one or two praise and worship songs. We're not having a whole 30-minute worship set and band. We're just one or two songs. So we're going to worship together just to kind of get the atmosphere ready for the Lord. We're going to have some strategic scriptures read. We're going to have some concentrated prayers, praying for the three C's, the country, the church, and the community. We're going to reach everybody and pray for God to just sweep the nation with revival. I believe this year the Lord's word that he's given to his church, uh, not just here, but I believe it could be taken anywhere, is the word renewal. God doesn't necessarily have to recreate the wheel. He just needs to renew that which he's already begun. He who began a good work is faithful to complete the work. Sometimes he just got to perfect it a little bit, renew it, get it kind of working out a little bit. So we're going to be praying, and then we're going to have times where we'll break out, and we'll want people praying on the stage. We want people praying in these classrooms with our children's classrooms and in the children's wing and in the sound booth. We take oil. We got little vials of oil uh, that we have in the office that we'll be setting out. I don't douse the whole building for all I care. If somebody says, well, there's a stain on the carpet. Where's that from? I'll be like, somebody was praying right there. Just stand there. You'll feel better on that spot. Just stand right there for a few minutes. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about hearing from God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Don't think when you fast it's going to be easy. I'm just going to tell you that now. The devil's going to fight you every way you turn. Just this morning, before church started, three conversations I had with three different people, and I will, for, for the purpose of anonymity, I'm not going to share their conversation, but all three people that spoke to me this morning have some things going on in their lives. It ain't nothing but the devil trying to stop what we're getting ready to unlock, unlock here in a couple days. We hadn't even been able to announce it hardly good and say today is the start. And before I could even get to a 10 o'clock Sunday school hour, all hell's breaking loose in people's lives. That ain't nothing but the devil trying to say, don't you do this, don't you do this, don't you. But I'm telling you, the Bible says that he'll break the yoke and the bonds that the enemy puts on you. God, in 21 days, God will fix it. God will save them. God will change them. God will heal them. God will deliver them. God will chastise them. Whatever he's got to do, God will make sure it gets done. That's the power of prayer and fasting. And so we're going to believe that. In the next few weeks uh, as we join together. As always, we're in a sermon series in the month of January this year. We are talking about spiritual detox. We are talking about the art of fasting. What is fasting? For people who've never done it before, what is it? It's, it is something specific. It is something that should be in the life of every believer. I'm not saying everybody has to fast the same way every time as I do or, or as others do. But I believe that if you live long enough and are a Christian long enough... You should implement the spiritual discipline of fasting at some point in your life. It will change your outlook. It will change your perception. It will change your walk with the Lord. And ultimately, it will change your life if you let God do so. It will change you. And so we're going to believe that. Matthew chapter 6, if you stand for the reading of God's word, rest on your feet just for a few minutes. And then I will let you sit back down for the remaining portion of service. Matthew chapter 6, begin reading in verse number 16. Moreover, when you fast, don't miss the writing here. 
God did not say, moreover, if you fast. If is a, anybody that's an English major has ever studied English uh, in high school, if is a conditional word. That means if some, there's something that's going to happen, and if the conditions are met, then something else will take place. For an example, if my people humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. But God doesn't heal the land, forgive the sins, and make it right until some conditions are met. Everybody's like, Lord, we pray that you change the country and you change the world. There's some conditions. First of all, the people have to admit they need repentance. They have to seek God's face, and they have to turn from their behavior before they expect God to answer their request. There's some conditions that have to be met. Jesus didn't say, if you fast. He said, when you fast. Meaning, he fully expects you should be having this in the life of a believer, a spiritual discipline. Be not as the hypocrites are, with sad countenances or sad faces, moping around in the doldrums. Woe is me, how pitiful my life is. For they'll disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. What Jesus is saying is they want you to know they're fasting. They come to church Sunday morning moping around, looking sad. What's wrong with you? Oh, I'm just fasting for the Lord. They want attention. That's what they're doing. They're begging for attention. But the fasting's design is not to put the light on you. It's to put the light back on Jesus. So it should never be about you or me. He said, don't walk around moping around about it. Verily, I say unto you, they'll have their own reward. Don't worry. They'll get. They'll reap what they sow. They'll get. He said, this is what you should do. But when you do fast, take a shower. Put on clean clothes. Look happy. Anoint your head. Wash your face. Make yourself look like any other day. That you appear not to men to be fasting, but only the heavenly Father in secret will know what you're doing. Does anybody remember this story? Or remember the scripture Jesus said? Jesus said, the things that you do in secret, my Father will reveal and reward openly. God doesn't need you to make a public service announcement. When God's ready, he'll make the public service announcement for you. He said, you don't want to appear unto men to fasting, but unto the Father in secret. That the heavenly Father which seeth you in secret, will reward you openly. Openly. So I want to continue today on this thought. It's not a diet, but it is a decision. It's not a diet. It is a decision. I'm going to ask the former pastor and shepherd of this house, Pastor Art, if he would pray over the reading of God's word this morning. Pastor Art, would you pray?
Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. I'll make this agreement with you. If you listen fast, I'll preach fast, so you can go ahead and go home and start your fasting. How about that? Does that sound good? All right. Jesus said, don't walk around looking miserable when you fast. See, there's, we live in a day and hour that people want to have pity parties. Well, that's going to be a long service already. I can already feel it. I already feel the opposition. I ain't even got out the gate. I feel like the horse of the Kentucky Derby when they dropped the gate, stumbled out the block and realized, well, I'm not going to win this one. I might as well just sit down and wait until they come back around. Man. The reality of it is we live in a society and in a day and an hour. If you don't believe it, just turn on the television. Everybody wants attention. They beg for attention. Even children understand the concept of trying to get someone's attention. A lot of times, you can be sitting at a restaurant or you can be sitting even in church or certain places, and children start acting out. And a lot of times, it's not just because they're hellions. They're just trying to get somebody's attention because nobody's paying them any attention. Children are smart, y'all. This past week, the Lord showed me that. I have a five-year-old little boy who is a genius. He is a modern-day Albert Einstein. He wasn't before Wednesday of this past week, but he was by Wednesday of this week. Wednesday morning, we get up, we do our routine, we eat our breakfast, we do our prayers, we're on our way to school. He says, Daddy, my head hurts, I don't feel good. And I said, what's the matter? My stomach hurts and all this stuff. And I said, all right, well, then, you uh, you know, we, we won't be able to go do A, B, and C. Oh, I'll be okay. I can go to school. Daddy, I just want to go to work with you today. I said, well, I can't. you got to go to school. Okay, okay. But are you going to come pick me up from school, right? And I said, yes, son, I'll, I'll be the one. You know, it's, you know, it's, I, I'll be here as soon as school lets out. I'll be right here. Okay, he gets out the car, he runs up to his classroom. Not a sick bone in his body. About 10.30, I get to the office, or I've been here. About 10.30, my phone rings. And it's Micah's mom. Hey, I'm on my way to school. They say, Micah's sick. I said, okay, what happened? He's complaining his head hurts and he's, you know, his stomach hurts. I said, okay, well, you know, all right, well, if he's sick, you know, if you'll go get him, I'll, I'll come by and pick him up so you can get on back to work. She said, yeah, I'm, I'm, close, I, I'm closer to you from work to get to him, so I'll just go get him. I said, that's fine, go get him. It wasn't 10 minutes, my phone rings, and here's the words on the other end of the phone. He is your son, I suggest you talk to him. Okay. To which I get this five-year-old Albert Einstein on the phone. Who I said, what's the matter? He said, well, I, when I got in the car, I asked Mommy, can we go to Dunkin' Donuts and get a donut? I said, people with sick stomachs don't get donuts. To which this is the reply I got. I'm not sick. I said, excuse me? I'm not sick. I didn't want to stay at school, and I didn't want to take a nap, and I didn't want to stay. And you told me I couldn't go to work with you today. So when the teacher asked me, what was wrong? I told her I didn't feel good. I had a headache and my stomach hurt. She asked, who should I call? I told her to call Mommy because I knew you would tell him I wasn't sick, but Mommy would come get me, and you'd come get me from Mommy's house. I said, put your mother back on the phone. I said, 
who's going to be at the house to watch him while you go back to work till I get there? And she said, well, his other grandparents are there, whatever. I said, will you please, even if I give her $10 for today, she's going to keep him until further notice. I'll be there this afternoon, but I am not coming to get him because that's what he wants. He's going to stay there. He's just going to have to just deal with it. I'm not coming to get him, not because I'm a horrible person, but he manipulated the situation to get his way. I'm not bringing him back to, to do this. I'm not doing it. Of course, we had to have a long heart-to-heart. We took away some privileges and some punishments only a five-year-old would understand. And we, we worked through our salvation with fear and trembling with the Lord and uh, came to a reasonable understanding that Jesus wasn't happy, Daddy wasn't happy, to the point that he comes to church on Wednesday night and he makes it a prayer request in the back about how he's in trouble and please pray his daddy doesn't stay mad forever and has the teachers come out to tell me after church, please don't be hard on him. He didn't mean it. He just was trying to spend time with you. Hey, you should be thankful he wants to go to the house of the Lord with you. Trying to put the guilt trip on me like I'm the horrible human being here that didn't lie about going to school. The point to be made is, is that even children know how to get their way in terms of manipulation and to get attention. But as comical as it is, can I just go ahead and tell you, but they learned it from somewhere else. They've learned how we can manipulate things to get our way. They see how we talk to the waiter or the waitress and get, try to get a free meal knowing good and well we didn't really need to complain that harsh about it. Hello. I've been in restaurants where the meal wasn't as bad as they made it sound, but as soon as the, the person came by and offered them a free meal or offered them, said, oh, the, the manager said, I'm so sorry, we'll just write it off. All of a sudden, Brother Ray, it didn't taste as bad once they told him it was free. Hello. See, what I'm here to tell you is is people like attention. They like to be pity partied and they like to be pampered and primed. But can I go ahead and tell you that the Bible tells us there comes a point people have to get off of being bottle fed and they have to learn to feed themselves. God did not call the church to be coddling spiritual babies for the rest of our lives. He called us to raise up spiritual giants, men and women of the faith. Now, if you just got saved, we'll bottle feed you. But there comes a point, if you've been saved for 30 years and i still got to spoon feed you and still give you a bottle to keep you happy at church and give you a pacifier, pacify you with the temperature, pacify you with the music, pacify you with the sound, pacify you with the yard, because you can't look over the frivolous things of life and over the physical things and you can't put your face off of Facebook and put it in a book called the Bible, there comes a point we got a bigger issue on the table. There's too many people wanting to be spoon-fed, bottle-fed, and, and be babied and nursed and coddled rather than realizing you've been saved for 30 years. You need, to know, you need to know how to cook your own steak. You need to know how to eat your own potatoes. You need to know how to read your own word. You need to know how to go to the bakery and hear from the bread of life. You should come to church to be blessed by the Lord, yes, and to be fed by the Lord, yes. But this is you, can only, you don't eat once a week. You, you go to buffets more more than once a week so you can't expect you're going to get all from God once a week on Sunday morning here in church nobody just eats one meal for seven days but spiritually we like to come to church and be like well I'm only going to get fed once a week and I'll be fine the rest of the week no you're going to starve to death spiritually you're going to die spiritually the reality of it is we're living in a generation they don't know what spiritual disciplines are anymore. Forget fasting for a moment. We're, we're raising up spiritual illiterate children don't even know how to say a good now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayer. Not even a good prayer. They barely can get any prayer out. Now I lay me down to sleep seems like it's theologically the best thing ever because they barely can get that out properly. 
I'm not saying everybody's got to be a spiritual whiz when it comes to praying, but if they never see it modeled before them, how do we expect them to become men and women that's going to do it? You know, I've heard countless stories of churches all over this nation and places I've served in other places about talking about prayer services and spiritual services and praying in the new year and all kinds of things. People be men and women of prayer, praying all night in the church and all kinds of stuff. I've been a part of some of those things, incredible things and excitable things like that. It's incredible. The problem that I have, though, is one thing. Why we still don't do it. You know why? We people don't still do it. Because watch what happens tomorrow night. Because I call it a prayer service. Watch how many people show up. Now, I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm here to just tell you the truth. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I got to get little Johnny in the bed. Eight o'clock's pushing it. You didn't mind going to Cracker Barrel on Thursday night to feed little Johnny and didn't get home till 8.30, so I had a little, yeah, but he's got to eat. Well, so do you spiritually need to be eating. See, we do what we want. We, we, it's about what, it's about priorities. We have lost the art of prioritizing the, the Lord. See, what happens is, you call a, a family fun day, a movie night, popcorn and iPad giveaway. Boy, they they raffling tickets. You can't even park them in the front yard. They're making gr- ruts in the front yard to where I have to apologize 400 times to the yard maintenance and say, we had too many people. I had nowhere else to park them. I'm so sorry. I'll go buy dirt so it doesn't mess up the lawnmower. That's how many people came. You call a prayer meeting, there's a lot of spots in the parking lot, Brother Mike, for somebody to pull in. Not, they ain't nobody missing a spot. I can promise you. They got plenty of parking spaces. Priorities are off. 300 people walk through to get some cotton candy. Ten people won't come through to ask God to give them direction in their life. You can say, well, Pastor, you're being hard. You're being mean. I'm being factual. I'm not, I'm not, I, that's not my opinion. These are facts. You don't believe it? Watch, watch. Go ask other pastors. Go ask other, don't think, don't take my word for it. Go ask other people. When they have big giveaways and things like that, how many people come? But when they have concentrated prayer, how many people come? And now, I'm not just talking about prayer, but oh, Lord. You start talking about fast, and everybody turns their spiritual hearing aids off. Like, oh, Pastor, you're getting a little too close for a war. You know, I'm not listening. No, you're one of them old-timey preachers. No, I'm a biblical preacher. There's a difference. There's a difference. I'm not saying you can't go out and eat. I'm not asking everybody to come in three-piece suits Sunday morning every time to church. I'm not. I, listen, you hear our music. We don't necessarily sing just Southern gospel only. We'll sing How Great Is Our God or we'll sing Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. I, I'm not saying that I'm not open-minded, but I'm also not going to go outside of the book either. There's a point that it's not about being hard-nosed, being old school, or being just mean. It's about being biblical, and there is a difference. There's too many preachers that want to be relevant, not biblical, and that's not what God called us to be. He didn't call us to be just relevant. He called us to be biblical. Now, sometimes we have to go in the highways and byways and compel them to come, but once we compel them to come, they need to know what the book says so they know how to live it right. You say, our pastor, what are you telling me? Well, I told you the other day, detox is literally the process of period of time in which one abstains or gets rid of bodily toxics or unhealthy substances. Well, if you change that word to fasting... Fasting is a process of time in which one will abstain from something, food, Facebook, whatever, to rid their spiritual body of unwanted or unhealthy substances and toxins. Fasting spiritually is designed to get rid of all the junk that you got in there so that the Holy Spirit can fill up all the mess you've already put inside of it. 
That's what fasting is. Except Miriam Webster didn't know, so he called it detox. God called it fasting. It's the same concept. So I said to you last week that fasting is essential. We talked about that for the life of the believer. But today, as much as it pains me to have to do it because I can already feel the opposition in the room and I've already seen the devil working through the, the conversations that I had this morning and trying to deter us from this. But I come by to remind somebody it is still in the book that that's what we're supposed to be doing. Fasting is still in the book. I just read it to you. Jesus said, not, when, not if you decide to fast. He said, but when you fast. That's not a matter of condition. That's a matter of uh, facts. You should be, at times, giving up, setting aside things, pushing this food away, pushing the social media away, pushing the ball games away, pushing whatever it is away, and say, nothing else matters to me, God, than you, and I want you more than anything else in this life. Jesus never said, will you fast? He said, when you fast. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 and 27, he revealed that he fasted often. He talked about that. He said, I ate, I drank, but I fasted often, meaning even the Apostle Paul knew the importance of fasting. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand to the answer of these questions, but if I were to ask, how many people think John the Baptist was a pretty big spiritual leader in a pretty good guy that you should could model your life spiritually after or Elijah or Moses or even Jesus himself Christ-like Christ Christian Christ-like if I asked any of those names threw them out and said raise your hand if you thought and I don't want you to do it but but those are good men to model your life after probably every hand in this house would be raised can I tell you every man one of every men that I just mentioned you every one of them fasted at least once they fasted they fasted they gave up something they sought the Lord. The Bible said, Seek ye the Lord while he still yet may be found. Can I tell you, there is coming a day people going to seek the Lord, but they ain't going to find him because he ain't going to be there. Because the Bible says that in the last days, there's going to come a time that the Lord's going to give a charge to an up-and-coming, aspiring musician by the name of Gabriel. He's going to hand him the most beautiful and the most ornate golden trumpet you've ever seen. And he's going to tell him, boy, I want you to play like ain't nobody ever heard been played before. And the Bible says that there will be a time. Don't be afraid of those that sleep in slumber. Don't be afraid of those that may be dead. But the Bible says that in that moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when the trump of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise up first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the clouds of glory together to be to reunited once together with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. When we get up out of here, God has no desire to have to come back down here. There's going to be a tribulational period. I still am church of God. I still believe we're pre-millennial, and I also believe we're pre-tribulational. I don't believe we're going to have to live through the hellhole called tribulation. God doesn't desire for his children to have to suffer like that that's the whole point I'm living here on earth to get there so I don't have to stay here on earth and during that time period when it gets bad and the mark of the beast makes itself known and it gets tough to be a Christian or to, to stand for Christ there's going to be maybe a few the Bible says that will, will make it through but it's going to be a lot harder than it is now and they're going to be crying out to the Lord but the Bible says the spirit of the Lord will be departed from the earth wickedness will prevail men will be lovers of themselves doing what is right in their 
their own eyes. I'm telling you, we should still seek the Lord while He still yet may be found and hearken unto the voice of the Lord. Why, Pastor, should I fast in 22? Why should I come to a prayer service in 2022? Why should I do it? Because we are to seek the Lord while He still yet may be found so that my sons and my daughters and my children, my grandchildren, my spouse, my church will see salvations and signs and wonders and said, have Holy Ghost baptisms. We need God to move in our church again. We got people battling cancer. We got people battling health crises. We've got people, got children in dysfunctionality and disarray. We got parents that need guidance. We've got spouses that need guidance. We got loved ones that want their loved ones to be saved. We need God to show up again. You say, well, Pastor, I got people I know that's battling cancer. I got a bunch of them in the church. We know Brother Chambers, Bonnie Gunn, all battling. I'm not saying modern medicine can't help. But I'm telling you right now that if they got in one good Holy Ghost Pentecostal service, you can have all the radiation you want to swallow. You can laser it as many times as you want to laser it. You can take so much chemo that every part of you, not only the hair on your head, the hair on your face, the hair on your arms, the hair on your legs, the hair on your nose could fall out. Some people, that hair out their nose might not be that bad. Or out your ears. It all could fall out. But I'm telling you, it only takes one time to get in a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost-filled service. You know, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I know I got all kinds of people that watch us and tell me they watch us online. I am Pentecostal. I'm not ashamed. I'm not saying that I got anything wrong with all the other nominal churches. There's nothing wrong with that. But I still believe that in the last day, saith the Lord, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And sons and daughters will prophesy, and old men will dream dreams, and young men will see visions, and even upon the handmaidens and the male servants of the Lord will I pour out my spirit. I still believe that in the that the Bible is still accurate, that there came a sound as of a mustard rushing and mighty wind, and there appeared unto them, cloven tongues as a fire, and it set upon each one of them, and they began to speak in another tongue, the spiritual heavenly language, the baptism of the Holy Spirit like no one had ever heard, and they became witnesses in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. I still believe that it's not just the God of Acts, it's the God of today. I still believe Pentecost is still real. I still believe God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which I can think or comprehend. I believe God's still in the miracle working business. I come by to remind somebody today that I can't help what the world says. I can't, help, I can't help what the doctor says, what the lawyer says, what even the judge says. But I believe if you say, Pastor, I'm battling cancer, I believe one good Holy Ghost filled prayer line, you can go back and they can do a PET scan on that body. There's not a cancer in the bone. There's not a cancer in the tongue. There's not a cancer in the esophagus. I believe he's still Jehovah Rapha. He's still the God that healeth thee. I believe he's God that heals. I firmly believe that. I've seen him do it. All over this building, there's been healings. I've got people that had open heart surgery, should have died on the table. But they play to the glory of God every Sunday. God's a healer. I've got people who couldn't even lift their hand above their shoulder and told to have rotator cuff surgery and beats the snot out of tambourines. You can't do that with messed up shoulders. But there's a God that heals there. I've got people sitting in this pews that have been had battled COVID. I've got people that's come through COVID. I've got people that had been diagnosed with COVID. But you're here this morning. You're not on a ventilator. And you didn't die because the Bible said that God is the giver of life. He's the sustainer of life. God still is a healer to us today. See, they fasted. 
See, some people think fasting is about manipulating God. You don't fast to get a sugar daddy in the sky to give you your list of wants. This ain't Santa Claus. This is God. This is not about, well, Lord, if I fast, you owe me. No, God doesn't owe you nothing. You owe him everything. In fact, if God did nothing else, you still owe him everything. It's not about manipulation. Fasting does not replace repentance. It ain't like if you fast, you'd be like, well, I don't have to ever say I'm sorry, God, when I screw up. No, no, it don't, it don't replace repentance. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit and the things, He only comes and rakes residency in our heart with a, uh, with a clean heart, with repentance, subsequenting to a clean heart with the Holy Spirit. We still have to say we're sorry sometimes. Now, I'm going to say this. It ain't going to be popular, and that's really okay, because you know me. I don't really want a lot of friends in my life anyway, so I'm good with that. The less friends I have, the more people i got to send Christmas cards to. It's wonderful. Stamps are expensive. Only bad thing is the less friends you have, the less gifts you get. So I guess it's kind of a do-it sort, but that's okay. See, when we talk about repentance and forgiveness, oh, yeah, you still got to say, God, forgive me. You mess up. But don't forget the rest of the scripture. But if your brother, you know your brother has an offense against you, and you've offended he, you lay your corbin, your gift on the altar of God, and you leave it there, and you go make restitution with him first before you come back and present your offering unto the Lord. What God is saying is repentance is a twofold process. You ask God to forgive you, but you better go make it right with the person you offended too. God will not forgive you unless ye forgive also. Jesus said, how do you expect the Heavenly Father to forgive you if you will not also likewise forgive? you got to forgive them too, and you got to make restitution. So it's not about replacing repentance. It doesn't give us a right to tell God what to do or to justify Him, justify us before Him. It must be directed towards spiritual values. Fasting oftentimes will reveal the things in our lives that control us. Anger, fear. Pride, anxiety, depression, stress, frustrations, bad, bad language, unpure eyes, unpure hearts, bad motives, bitterness, jealousy, strife, envy, malice. It reveals to us the things that are wrong. The whole process is fasting, spiritual detox. It tells me what are those unhealthy things i got to get fixed in my life. Sometimes you don't need to go to a shrink. You just need to go to God. Some people say, well, Pastor, you don't understand. i got anger issues. Now, look, I, of all people, believe in psychology. In fact, if I didn't, I wouldn't have a degree in it. So, obviously, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you never go see, you know, the counselor or the psychologist because if that's the case I would not have a job one day because that's what I went and got a career in so I'm not going to tell people don't do this so I'm broke for the rest of my life kind of was a double edged sword there point to be made though is sometimes fasting is not the problem I mean not fasting sometimes the counselor is not going to be the fix it has nothing to do with going to the counselor sometimes a counselor is not the root of the problem it is a spiritual matter and nobody's going to fix it till you get right with God you can go talk to the counselor all you want to about your anger, and they can give you some step behavioral modification techniques and templates and how to channel your anger and aggression towards other things. And while that's all well and good, but until you get right under the blood, it's still going to be a problem. 
The devil said, you, the devil's still going to bring it up to your attention. He's still going to make it a mess in your life. The devil's still going to fight you. Why? Because that's a weak point. you got to give it under the blood. It ain't got nothing to do with the guy that said Low Country Crisis Counseling Center. It has to do, you got a spiritual issue. Spiritual issue. Now, I'm not saying counselors are not good. I'm saying but a lot of people can fix a lot of things in their lives if they got right with God. The reality of it is, Jesus even gave his credentials. Isaiah says this. He is the wonderful. Wow, everybody just take a moment and let's have a little, little history lesson here. Good thing about fasting, those prayer guides have scripture on them, so some of us will get to read some of them. That'll be good. Try it one more time for all those in the back. He is a wonderful Right, so obviously he already has some psychology training that is a lot more further advanced than mine. So obviously you've got someone you can talk to, and he can make it right. If he knows how many hairs on your head, and he knows how he fearfully and wonderfully made you and created you in your mother's womb, he also knows what you struggle with, and he'll also know how to pray for you, even when you don't know how to pray for yourself. you got an advocate with the Father. Use him. Use him. Let him be the advocate to the Father. Pastor reveals what holds us back. The first three days of fasting, I don't want somebody to say, well, Pastor, you didn't tell me how bad this was going to be. Yeah, I don't want you to say I'm lying to you. The first three days of fasting is going to stink. You're going to be miserable. You might think, oh, Pastor, I can give up Facebook. It ain't nothing. You wait till you delete an app off your phone and realize, and you'll really quickly in the first three days realize how unconsciously you always hit that app and go check on what's on Facebook. You'll be aware of how much time you spent. One of the biggest things that crushed me last year when I did my 21-day fast, Apple, a big Apple product guy, Apple came out with a, on that one of their new updates early last year with a thing called screen time. And he would tell you what you spent the most of your time with during that week on your phone, what were the apps you ran. So during my 21-day fast, Ms. Brenda, on, on, I believe it was like the second or third day of January before we started that year, I got my screen time just to see over the last week and the last month what it was, and it broke my heart to see how much time I spent in social media or things like that and just frivolous things compared to other things of productivity on the phone. See, if you give up food, I'm just letting you know, first couple of days you're going to have headaches. You're going to be hungry like you had never thought you could ever be. You're going to be craving things you don't even want. You'll be, you'll be craving octopus tails. You'll be craving anything. You'll be so hungry. You'll see somebody walking by with with caviar, and you'll be like, "Man, I've never wanted I've never wanted snails so bad in my life." You'll see an earthworm going by, and you'll be like, "I bet that tastes good." You'll be hungry, headache. You'll be driving by. You have driven by that same place fourteen hundred times a week, going to and fro work. The first day, brother Mike, you go by, they're going to be cooking something good. And, and somehow you didn't have the air conditioning in your car on circulation mode. You had it where it will pull out the outside air. And you smell the flame broiled grilled uh, a Whopper going by Burger King. And you smell that fried chicken. And you think, oh, God. I should have had that air on circulation in the car and not smelled it. It'll, it's like everywhere you turn because that's how the devil works. He wants you to fail. He wants you to struggle. But if you persevere, you keep trying. You give God your best effort. Even if you slip up, you get back on track, I promise you God will prove 
to you that it was worth it in the end. Whether it's a and when you fast, I tell people all the time, when you fast, be specific. Don't fast just because you got nothing better. If you fast because you got nothing better to do, that's a diet. Fasting is designed with something specific. I'm going to push something aside, spend time with the Lord. If you say, Pastor, my spouse is unsaved. I want him to get saved. Fast specifically. And when every time you spend with the Lord during those other times when you're there, you pray, God, I want my son saved. God, I want my spouse saved. God, I want my... You fast with a specific intent while you're talking to God. Something specific. Don't just be doing it just for fun. Perseverance is key. Miss Carol, as you make your way, it means nothing to most people, but it looks good on TV. Everybody's like, oh, he's getting done. No, he's just flipping the next page. It's an interlude. No, I, I am closing because I know you're getting hungry even though we're fasting. That's just for all of y'all today. God bless you. There are different types of fast you can go on. Next week, we're going to talk about another aspect of fasting, why you should still try to fast. Because you know how God is, you, let me tell you how sovereign God is. Not only is fasting essential, not only is fasting biblical, but as you'll learn next week, that fasting will actually have physical implications that will actually make you better health-wise, even physically as well. God not only worried about your spiritual aspect, He lets you have a double portion of the anointing, a double blessing. It helps you spiritually and physically. And we'll talk about that next week. There are different types of fasts. You can have what is called an absolute fast. Go an entire day without anything. No water, no food, no, no nothing. Just completely just detox the whole day. It's an absolute fast. Some people have pushed it to about as far as day three, but by that point, Medically speaking, it becomes a little dangerous. You've got to have water. You have to have certain things to sustain you. So please don't say, well, Pastor, I'm going to do an absolute fast for seven days. No, you'll be in the hospital. We don't want you there. So be, God also requires in fasting not to be an idiot, to be sound of mind. You can have an absolute fast. You can do what is called a partial fast, where you can set out certain strategic times of the day and just fast for what they call... A, Medical science calls it intermittent fasting, but biblically they, a lot of people call it partial fasting. You say from 6 o'clock that morning to 6 o'clock that night, I'm not doing anything. I might eat one meal at 6 o'clock, but for a 12-hour block or an 8-hour block, I'm, I'm doing nothing. It's just partial, part of the day. You can do three days, five days, seven day type fasting. You can do what is known as the Daniel fast, which is what a lot of people do during the 21-day process. Where it's you don't eat meat, you eat fruits and vegetables, you drink water and juices, give up all sweets, carbonated beverages, sweet tea. Listen, y'all can keep all the pound cakes you want to. I'm going to struggle that I just can't have a half-cut tea from Chick-fil-A on the way to the office. That's going to be my biggest struggle. I'm going to drive by God's chicken every day and want a half-cut tea, and I'm going to be like, God, let the place just close down for 21 days so I ain't got to see them. I hate that for the Chick-fil-A offices, but they got enough money in corporate. Just let them shut down for 21 days. This is a struggle. For some of y'all, it's going to be coffee. Ooh, I'm preaching. Ooh, I felt the Lord right then. Some of y'all can't give up coffee that long. Some of y'all probably shouldn't give up coffee because your alter ego comes out, and we're not ready for that yet. I've seen some people that's got a little coffee mugs, a lot more coffee. need a, a lot more, a little more coffee, a little, a lot more coffee, and a little more, no, a little more coffee, and a lot more Jesus in their life. I've seen people say, "Don't talk to me till after I've had a cup." I mean, I've seen it all. 
Some of those people are right. Don't talk to them until they've had a cup. Literally. I've learned a long time ago, don't ever ask anybody to do something for the church until after they've had one cup of coffee because they'll always say no before their first cup. After that, they might agree to help you. Case in point, we were helping Jordy's family yesterday. We got done. His mom came out and said, anybody want coffee? I can tell you where all the military men, every one of these guys from the church that helped us yesterday, all the military guys like, oh, I can always have a cup of coffee. I'm like, guys, it's like 12 o'clock in the day. Well, I mean, come on, guys. Y'all didn't have some this morning? I mean, we have to have coffee every day, all day long, drinking it black. That ain't, no, no. I like cream sugar. I like it to look like it's a totally different. I like to change the whole dynamic of what it looks like. I'm drinking milk with sugar. That's what I'm drinking. You can do, you can give up. But in a Daniel fast, you give up sweets, carbonated beverages, desserts, candies, fruits, vegetables, water, and juices. Some people do uh, no juices. They just do water. You can do broths, chicken broth, things like that, just broth, not the meat. People do noodles, go and get like little veggie noodles or whatever at places without meat in it. Then there's the types of fasting that are not food related. You can give up social media. For some people, that'd be better than giving up chicken. Because Lord knows I'll be thankful to God if they gave up social media for 21 days. Because that means there'll be 21 days of them not talking on social media, which will be a blessing to the world. Praise the Lord. Because they don't know how to keep it biblical, relevant, holy, and common sense on Facebook. They tell all everybody else's business. They need to mind their own business, what they need to be doing. That's another sermon. You can give up sports. And when I say sports, I'm not talking about like just quitting your sports team at school. If you like playing video games, put them aside. I remember one time when I was at a church back home when I, we did the fast, I had some of our teenagers do it. Some of my teenage boys at the church, they gave up their, their Xboxes and their Playstations and all their social gaming. They gave up Fortnite, Call of Duty. Well, I tell you what, I thought we were going to have revival at church because they weren't going to play Call of Duty for 21 days. They weren't going to play Fortnite. For, they'd go in and say they weren't going to play their video game system. I was like, we're going to have a mega church before the end is over. Y'all giving up that, the Lord is going to come back. It's impossible. Some have even got up before noon and was willing to read their Bible before lunchtime. That is God if a teenager gets up before 12. See, the point to be made, I say all that before we close by saying this. It is not always, you, you'll have different people teach different things, and I understand. The point of fasting is you're willing to give up something and replace it with God. If you spend your time a lot on social media, don't get on that. Get, on his, get in His Word and pray. If, if meals are what you like, then take a meal a day off, a, a, a meal off a day, and during that time, go into a closet or go into another room and pray and read your Bible during lunch or during whatever. Or if you health reasons can't do meals, and maybe you like playing games on your iPad in your downtime instead of using your iPad for 21 days, just read your Bible in your downtime. Or, Lord, forgive me for what I'm about to say. Give up Hallmark movies for 21 days. It'll bless God and me. We'll all be a happier church when this is over. Just kidding. But the things that you enjoy doing, give up something. I'm not asking you to be miserable and give up everything in your life. Just find something you're willing to say, God, you mean more to me than said item over here. And I promise you, God will change your life. He'll change your perspective. He'll change your outlook. He'll change your, your, yourself spiritually. But I promise you, when you come to church, church will look different. 
church will feel different and as a corporate body if we do it together by the time this thing is all said and done there's no telling how many miracles and how many things we will see God do over the next few weeks and months and in 2022 because God will bless our efforts for what we give up for him whatever it is that you can give to God change it up I'm not saying I do all at the same time give up social media for seven days give up one meal a day for seven days and give up Movies for seven. I don't care how you break it up. Just that you're willing to mean business with God is what I'm after. You and God get together for a moment. Because I'm telling you right now, Washington ain't going to fix Washington. We can figure that out already. And I'll be honest with you. The way the church world is looking right now, I'm not even sure the church is going to fix the church. Only God's going to fix it all at this point. The church is in a mess. We can't even get it right in the church. People splitting left and right. Churches falling apart. People leaving churches. Church closures. Mass exodus. We can't even get it right in the church. But I still believe that fasting changes things. I do. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I've got the sign-up sheet out there. If you didn't sign up, that's fine. Because I'll be doing it every day, so I'll fill in those slots. But I'm asking you if you physically can do it. I'm challenging you this challenge and I'm going to pray God proves me to be accurate in making this decree my challenge is whatever it is I want everybody that's physically possible whether it's meals whether it's social media whether it's whatever everybody to at least during this next 21 days give up something and talk to God specifically about what you need maybe you need your marriage to get better maybe you need your children to act up right maybe you need your spouse to get saved maybe you want to see the church grow I be specific, but give up just something for God and you to have time together. If you come back after 21 days and say, Pastor, I feel no different, I'll be like, I'm sorry, and I'll basically, I'll, I'll be like, all right, but you know what? I don't believe that's going to happen, so I'm willing to put my put a risk out there because I don't believe God's not going to honor your efforts. Um, I believe he will. I believe that. But be specific, intentional about what you need. Will you stand all over the house? Here's my prayer for you today. I'm only going to take but about 30 seconds to do this. I don't want a bunch of time to waste. With head bowed and eyes closed, I simply want to ask this. How many people are willing? I'm not asking you to make it a public spectacle of yourself. But how many people are willing for the next two or three minutes come find them a prayer altar whether it's up front whether it's in their seat but would find a moment with God and spend a few moments with God and say God show me what it is I need to give up show me what it is you need to change in me and show me what it is that I need to be my intentional focal point and renewal I want to ask you today I'm not asking you to tell me your problem I'm not but if you say pastor I got some things in my life and I really for the next 21 days I need God to give me clarity, guidance, whatever it is. You're saying, Pastor, I need for the next 21 days God to make himself real to me. Instead of raising your hand, instead of coming and holding my hand, I'm going to ask you to find a prayer spot. So if you want to, I'm going to ask you if that's you and you say, Pastor, I've got some things in my life I need. I want you to come and I want you to give it to God at this altar. I want you to come. I want you to come right now and pray. If you're not physically able to come and pray, I want I want you to kneel at your seat. But if you say, Pastor, there's some things the next 21 days I need from God. 
to do what I want to see God do, I want you to come pray. Will you come? Will you come? We're not here to ask for you to do it all, but will you come? Will you come and seek the Lord today while they play? While they play? Will you make that commitment to God right now? Father, we love you. Father, we need you. You're still in your seat and you see somebody here that you know that you want to encourage, you come pray for them. Come pray for them. It's all right. There's people up here that need prayer. Come pray for them. There's plenty of people that could use a touch from the Lord. Father, you see the needs. You are Alpha, Omega, beginning, end, first, last, who was and is and is to come. There's some things in life that's got to change. There's some things in people's lives that are falling apart. There are situations right now, chaos, pandemonium, problems. There are people right now confused, struggling. There are people right now that's homes are in shambles. Their heart is in disarray. Their world's falling apart around them. Their heart is heavy. Their road is tough, long, arduous. There's people that got health issues, battling sicknesses and diseases. Battling physical limitations, life-threatening illnesses and diseases, some potentially facing life-altering and physical issues. But you're a healer. You're Jehovah Rapha. You're the healer. God, there are people who are struggling spiritually. There are people confused on their walk of life. They're trying to live a certain way and act a certain way but God the the road is hard peer pressures temptations struggles they're being pulled from one side or the other from different people and spiritually speaking they are they're trying to find their way and it's difficult it's a struggle God they don't mean to in essence be struggling so difficultly God, at the same day, they know there is a friend they can call on Jesus Christ that sticks closer than a brother. He's as close as the very mention of his name. He is Alpha and Omega, beginning and first life. He is God, and he's able to do that. God, there are men and women who have spouses that are lost, and they need the Lord to save them, save them, change them, convict them. They need their spouses to come to know the Lord. Their spouses need a touch physically. Their children are lost. Their grandchildren are lost. They need salvation to sweep the home. But they're still seeking the face of God. God, even when we can't see your hand working, we can trust your heart because we know your heart is pure. We know your heart is sovereign. We know your heart is merciful and gracious. We know you are a very present help in time of trouble. We know that. We believe that today. There are people who need wisdom and guidance, Lord, today. They need God today. In Jesus' mighty precious name.
How many people believe that sometimes God will make you put your money where your mouth is? Hello? Yeah? Now, we just were all shouting, clapping, speaking. When I tell you that the Lord is Jehovah Rapha, he's the healer, right? We're all excited about that. 44 miles one way, an hour drive from Johns Island, South Carolina. Every Sunday morning drives a 90-year-old senior saint that comes in not, not 70, 90. One hour, one way, 44 miles, 90. He's got to go to the eye doctor. The eye doctor told him at the last deployment, Brother Barnes, if your eyes deteriorate much worse, we're going to have to take your license and not let you drive very much. You know what? If he can't drive, what that's going to also hinder? The ability on Sunday morning to get up and get to church. I don't care what the optometrist says. I got an eye specialist in the house that can let tomorrow be the best eyesight he's had in a long time. Amen? Amen. So here's what I need. If you feel comfortable, I need you to come stand behind him. We're going to anoint him and pray for him. If you don't feel comfortable, you can just stay at your seat and raise your hand. Stretch it. But if you come feel comfortable, I want you to help me pray. Point of contact. And I'm going to anoint this prayer cloth, and he's going to take it with him to the eye doctor tomorrow. And that eye doctor says, Brother Barnes, I don't really know what happened, but your eyes are looking pretty good. He ain't going to know it, but inside that little coat that he's wearing at the eye doctor's, there's going to be an eye doctor that says, I already took care of that, boy. You ain't got to worry about that. I got that under control. Amen? Amen. Let's believe God today. Heavenly Father, you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and you are a healer. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that it doesn't have to be the work of an optometrist, but the God of all eyesight, the God who gives perfect clarity of vision, the God who says, write the vision and make it plain. I believe a healer is in this house, and I believe that he can go to this eye doctor appointment with confidence that there's a God that's going to let him walk out of there just like God you healed his back you can heal these eyes and you can unstop these ears. You can help the same God. You're the same God that healed backs. You're the same God that can restore and renew eyesight and unclog ears in the name of Jesus. Let it be done. Let liquid glory flow in this place. And let it be healed today. And let every doctor be confounded. And unconfound the wise with the ways of the simple. And let God be God and every man be a liar in Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and believe God today. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Yes, sir. All right. Let's go. We got somebody else who wants God to heal today. Father, you're Jehovah Rapha. You're the healer. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I know there's nothing so special about an oil. It's about a symbolism. And we know the oil represents the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God. And you know what's in Brother Causey's body. And you know the health issues that he's currently facing. But you are a God that restores the year that the canker worm and the lotus worm. You are a God that's a redeemer of time. You are a God that's still healing. God, out of his belly, let there flow rivers of living water. Let healing virtue flow. By your stripes we claim healing. You were wounded for our transgression and bruised for our iniquity. But the blood of Jesus Christ still sets the captive free and holds, binds, and breaks every yoke and fetter, including health issues. Let him walk out of here today with newness of life. Let him walk knowing that.
healer that's in the house. Let him know that there's a God that's still able to heal. In Jesus' mighty name, let it be done and settled in heaven right now. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and ask today. Father, Father, division and divisiveness is not a spirit of God, it's a spirit of the enemy. And everything the Bible said here, what the enemy means for evil, God will turn around for good. God, I have a, 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 a humble servant of the Lord that faithfully serves you a talent and time that has a heavy heart that needs God to come and intervene in a family situation and needs the God of all comfort. God, right now, I pray you with that peace of God overflow this mind and let her sleep to sleep like she's never slept. No, there's a God working behind the scenes. There's a God that's not going to let the enemy destroy it. There's a God that's not going to let the enemy win. There's a God that's going to make sure it's all right. There's a God that's going to fix it. There's a God that's going to make it all, all right. In the name, hey, right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we believe it in the name of Jesus. You're able to do it right now in Jesus' name. Oh, we praise your name, Lord. We glorify, we magnify the name of the Lord today forever and never let it be done in heaven. In Jesus, we claim that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Well, this wasn't my plan, but while the waters are troubled, might as well go ahead and throw the net out. Who's next? Who's next? What do you got need of? What do you need from God? Who's next? The Bible said the angel of the Lord would come down and trouble the waters, and those that got in got healed. What's next? Who's next? What you need? Come on. Come on. Yes, come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, you're a healer. You're a sustainer. God, you see that her back is bothering her right now. But God, just a couple of weeks ago, we prayed for a heal, a healing in the back. And God, there's a 90-year-old man in this church today that hasn't had any back problems. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost right now. God, right now, let the back just come into alignment. Let it come into subjection with the Holy Ghost of God. Let there be healing in this body right now. Let her walk out of here in pain, no pain. Let her have the best week of her life. Let the healing body of Christ come and move in her life right now. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we believe God for in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I don't want nobody to leave missing God. Who, anybody else? Don't you leave. Don't you leave. Come on. Don't you leave. Father, you are a healer. And I don't care what doctor's reports say. I know a God that's the great physician. He gets the final say on a doctor's report. God, we know what the issue is that's prevailing right now, but you are wounded for our transgression and bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace laid upon your shoulders and by the stripes we are healed. God, as I get ready to lay my hands symbolically on this 
stand-in, fill-in person, Lord, today that's praying for a special need in her family right now. I believe you can go right now where they are, and you can let healing virtue just reign right where they are. Father, right now, I am believing that the Holy Ghost, oh, my God, I'm believing the Holy Ghost is going to make us uh, be, be amazed at what he's doing. You're going to confound the wise with the ways of the simplistic. God, you're going to amaze doctors. You're going to amaze teachers and preachers. You're going to amaze families. And there's going to be sons and daughters that are going to testify. God, there's going to be sons and daughters that are going to walk in buildings and say, I've got to give God praise. I've got a right to praise the Lord because God met me in the midnight hour. God met me when I was struggling the most and He healed me. He saved me. He cleansed me. He made me a whole new creation. Oh God, I believe you're a healer right now. Go to where these individuals are and let healing begin to be restored in body, mind, soul, and spirit. In Christ's holy and precious name we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Who's next? Hallelujah. Father, the Bible says the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but still blessed be the name of the Lord. God, I know what you told this couple. I know how you blessed them. I know how you gave them favor. I know how you, the Bible says the steps of a good man and woman are the Lord. God, I know how you orchestrated the path and brought about something so surreal. And now the devil's trying on a 21-day fast to try to take it. But devil, I put you on notice. I rebuke you what the enemy meant for evil. God's going to turn around for good and we're going into the enemy's camp and we're taking back what has rightfully been stolen from us because we believe the God of all comfort. Father, in the name of Jesus, at that name, God, I am praying right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would put every attack from the enemy under subjection. You would put every attack of the enemy, Lord, you thwart the plans of the enemy and the plans of man that the righteousness of God and the plans of God and the will of God would be superseding and would be so surreal and would they would become over overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You bring these jobs under subjection. You bring these houses under subjection. You bring this opposition under subjection. You let them walk out of here knowing they were faithful to come to church in January 9, 2022. But there is a God that's going to walk with them, by, by lead them by His nail-scarred hands. If they hold on to the hand of the man that's in still waters and calm raging seas, there's a man that will let them walk through the valleys of life and yet not have to worry or fret or fear for there's a God that will stand right beside them every step of the way. Let them walk out of here with the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. And let them know, God, that you are working all things out for their good, for them that love you and are called according to your purpose in Christ's holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Last call. Any others? Don't you leave this place still with heaviness of heart. Don't you walk out of here. Don't you walk out of here till you get it right with God. Don't you walk out of here till you know you and God are okay. Because you don't know what tomorrow may bring, but you know what today you face. And God's still bigger. God's bigger. God's bigger. I'm telling you right now, God wants to take young people. He wants to take them faster than he can out of a church. Out of, out of, 
out of a relationship with him. He wants to put them on a fast track to eternal damnation. But I'm not letting the devil walk into 1211 North Highway 52 and pluck off people out of our pews and out of our building. I'll claim them for God. I don't care what the devil says. Devil, I put you on notice. They're ours. They belong to God. And you go back to hell where you come from and you leave us alone because they're God's property. They're God's children today. That's the Lord's child. Father, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Father, she knows. She knows. She knows. She knows. But God, you're able. But God, you're able. She already knows. She already knows. But you're God, you're over here again. God, you are able. You are able to remind her that she is fearfully and wonderfully made. And what the enemy means for evil, God, you will work around for your good. And every vile attack, every temptation, every burden that she bears by the way of the enemy comes under subjection in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. Right now, Father, I pray you let her walk and she don't go ahead and do this of life. And you let her walk out of here knowing that she doesn't have to live under the bondage. She doesn't have to live under the temptation. She doesn't have to live under the oppression. She doesn't have to be under that yoke and heavy burden. But God, you can set the captive free. You can break the desires. You can break the yoke. You can break the bondage. And she doesn't have to be in bondage. But she can walk in freedom and newness of life. Let her leave this place. No, and God came back today to meet with her. She's God's child. And devil, remove your hand. Redevil, get out of the way. She belongs to the Lord today. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Last call. Any others? I don't want you to miss it from God. If not, that's fine, but I don't want you to miss God. God's in this place. I don't think God could have orchestrated any better. I don't know how God could have proven to us starting a 21-day journey with him could get any sweeter than just stopping on by and reminding us if you think this is good wait till you get to the end of the journey wait till you see he who began a good work is faithful to complete if this is what it's like on january 9th you better not miss january 30th sunday morning because only god knows what's going to happen on january 30th if god came by like this today god only knows what's going to happen on the 30th of january any others any others? Ha. Ooh, I'm thankful for the Lord. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Holy Ghost. God's good, isn't he? Sounds like we didn't believe that. God's good, isn't he? I told you three people came by my office this morning with crises in their life before I could even get to Sunday school. Isn't it fitting that before I could even get done teaching a 45-minute Bible lesson and get through an hour worship service, God just shows up, sits down, and says, I'll take it from here. You did what you did, and you just let me handle it from here. You're the witnesses. I didn't. You're the witnesses of how many people came up. You're the witnesses of what God's doing. I, I don't I don't know what the devil may be trying to pull, but God stopped by today to remind us that he is greater is he that is in us 
that he that's in the world and he who begins a good work is faithful to complete it. God stopped by today to remind us that what the enemy means for evil, God will turn around for good. God will restore the year that the canker worm and the lotus worm took. The plowman will overtake the reaper. I thank God God comes by and says, I got it under control. Don't worry about it from here. Amen? God's good, isn't he? God's good. Father, in the name of Jesus, I put everything under this blood of Jesus Christ. Father, there's faithfulness that stands before me. There is righteousness credited unto her because of the work of Christ in her. Devil, get out of the mind. Devil, get out the home. Devil, go ahead and we just put you on eviction notice. Go ahead and pack your bags and get on up out of here and go back to where you belong. And that's away from here. Father, when they walk out of this place today, it's going to be a different day. We might have drove up here one way on January 9th. We're going to walk out of here a totally different way. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost right now, Jesus, break the yoke, break the heart, break the... Lord, I'm asking right now that you let these tears be a language you understand. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray every tear that falls, you catch them in the palm of your hand, and you remind us you got it in the palm of your hand. Devil, we are not letting you win. We're not letting you overcome it. We're not letting you take over. We're not letting you just play mind games with us. We are claiming Jesus as Lord and Savior. We're claiming He is greater. Jesus is greater than anything we ever face or can mind or can comprehend. We submit it to God Himself. Father, let her righteousness, be, her faithfulness be counted as righteousness. Let her walk out of here. Not stressed. Not heavy hearted. Not weighed under the oppression of the weight of life and the cares of life. But let there be freedom in the name of Jesus. Peace in the name of Jesus. Joy in the Holy Ghost. And life evermore flowing from her right. In the name that's above every name. Let it be done in Jesus' mighty and precious name. We believe this and pray. Well, God's good. He's good. Good thing it's good thing it's the first Sunday of fasting because y'all don't have to worry about getting to the restaurant in a hurry. So good thing we're on fasting Sunday. So see, just because we went into overtime today, you're all right because you don't have to worry about it. You can't eat anyway. Just, just messing. But I'm going to tell you right now, I thank God. That he always knows when to show up when we need him most. You know, some people might have thought they were just going to come to church this morning, sit, we're going to sing a couple songs, pastor's going to give us a three-point outline, we're going to go on to the house. God sometimes has different plans. <laughs> I was going to tell everybody here, those online, those in-house, I'm going to tell you right now, anytime God stops by, you can hurry up and get out of here as fast as you want to and run down to Gilligan's to get on the the waiting list all you want to, but if God's still in the house, I'm going to stay with him until he's done. I'd rather stay with him than get a hush puppy from Gilligan's, I'm just going to tell you. Because the hush puppies might be good, but it ain't as good as the bread of life when you eat from him, I can promise you. For those that are joining online, we God bless you, we love you, we're praying for you. We hope to see you soon. For all in-house today, you are a blessing to this congregation and this body of believers. I'm going to ask you to stand all over this house. I'm going to pray this prayer over you in the form of a song. We sing it around here, but this is our prayer for you today.